Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome again to the Explaining History podcast. Um, today I want to talk uh, a bit more about the partition of India in 1947. And I'm working from a book by Narendra Singh Savila, um, brilliantly researched a piece of writing, a really um, excellent kind of archival work that points at some very interesting um, truths, really, about Britain's motivations regarding the uh, partition. And this is the kind of the aspect of, of this particular um, area uh, that I think is really, uh, really worth examining. This is the 70th anniversary this year, obviously, um, of the uh, trauma of the partition. And uh, there are um, a lot of uh, new works on the subject, some really um, good oral histories, some really good um, documentary um, histories coming out there. But um, The uh, Shadow of the Great Game by Narendra Singh Sarila, it goes back a few years now, this title, but it's well worth a read. Now, to give you a little bit of context on the partition, um, I think what happens sometimes is when this area is being studied, the topic of independence and the question of partition get rolled into um, being one and the same thing, as if they are uh, the same historical process. And in many ways, they're they're not. Um, Partition uh, only really becomes... A, a distinct possibility in the uh, three or four years, really, in the before the the run up to um, to independence, and the idea that uh, that this presents to us is that there's nothing exactly inevitable about partition. Uh, in fact, there were a number of uh, possible options being entertained uh, about for a, a kind of a Muslim. Uh, self-rule within uh, an Indian Commonwealth and or um, other other options as well. Um, and so division of the country 
or it was not a, a kind of an inevitability. And in many ways, it is a, an, an engineered process. On the day that Germany surrendered, uh, in uh, the 5th of May 1945, Winston Churchill ordered an appraisal of the long-term policy required to safeguard the strategic interests of the British Empire in India and in the Indian Ocean. Um, this was commissioned uh, by, this is given a task given to the post-hostilities planning staff of the War Cabinet. On the 19th of May, a top-secret document was given to Churchill. The central point of this document was that Britain must retain uh, its military connection with India, or the Indian subcontinent, to keep the Soviet Union out of, uh, out of the region. Um, the report gives four reasons for the strategic importance of India to Britain. Its, um, its value as a base from which forces are located there could be suitably placed for deployment both within the Indian Ocean area and the Middle East and the Far East. A transit point for air and sea communications. A large reserve of manpower of good fighting quality from the northwest of which British air power could threaten Soviet military installations. The speed with which all this would become irrelevant is uh, very interesting. By the end of 1945, large numbers of uh, Indian soldiers, now demobilised um, and still serving, uh, flat refused to enforce Britain's rule in Asia any longer. The experience of putting Indian National Army uh, men, uh, the Indian National Army obviously being uh, the uh, anti-British, pro-Japanese army that had um, fought the British in and uh, fought uh, British Indian troops as well in uh, Burma and on the borders of India. Um, the experience of seeing them put on trial at the end of the Second World War, the trial ending in something of, of, a, of a farce, um, and the, uh, the INA men basically being unconvictable in India, dealt a huge blow to uh, British power and prestige. And once the um, uh, chiefs of Imperial General Staff realised that they could no longer effectively command Indian military manpower, uh, one of the last vast um, resources of British power in Asia dwindled away. And at that point, the uh, writing was on the wall for the Raj. But in May 1945, Churchill um, didn't believe this. Lord Wavell, the Viceroy from 1943 to early 1947 to be replaced by Mountbatten, um, realised the following things. He realised uh, as a result of this study and his own uh, personal experience of India that uh, India was no longer of immense economic value to Britain. Um, it wasn't going to be a, a great market for British goods any longer but it would be a uh, way of extending British uh, power uh, into uh, Asia and the Middle East. British were far more interested in the emergent value of the Middle East uh, as a resource to uh, control. The British would soon have to withdraw from India. Um, Britain didn't have the political or military power to stay in India, 
and the rule of India would doubtless be passed over to the Congress party and its leadership. Um, they were unlikely to cooperate with the British. Um, they were unlikely to become allies in security or intelligence or uh, in foreign policy. But there was another player in town, the Muslim League Party, who wanted a partition of uh, India. Um, and they were far more cooperative with the British. The, the British looked upon them as being far more favourable. Um, the Muslim League wanting a partition of India and the Congress not wanting it um, meant that it was possible, in the eyes of some British military planners, for the creation of a new state uh, where the British could still maintain a foothold. The uh, breach to be caused in Britain's capacity to defend the Middle East and the Indian Ocean could be plugged if, for example, the Muslim League were to succeed in separating India's strategic northwest from the rest of the country. Um, this was uh, entirely possible and um, a realisable goal, um, considering that Linlithgow, who was the viceroy at the start of the Second World War, um, had built uh, strong ties with Muhammad Ali Jinnah, the uh, leader of the Muslim League, um, during the Second World War. Wavell discussed um, this with um, Churchill in March 1945, and in his diary, Wavell notes that Churchill had already contemplated the possibility of dividing India. Um, this discussion also chimed, this, this possibility in Churchill's mind, also chimed with the things that Wavell had uh, come to believe. And all of these calculations and plans were informed by the perceived threat of the Soviet Union. Um, Auchinleck, um, who well, we've discussed in the last few podcasts uh, when talking about the, the Desert War, um, believed that um, the British Army, the British Indian Army, I beg your pardon, would uh, stand firm, it would be led by British officers, of course, in his um, colonial view, um, and that British uh, officers leading Indian troops would be a, a firm deterrent against the possibility of Soviet uh, incursion into India or into um, Afghanistan or Persia. This was a view that was generally popular among the Chiefs of Staff and there was um, a great many uh, officers who had experienced fighting uh, in Burma and in places like Kohima and Imphal um, and had seen how British and Indian troops and how uh, Sikh, Hindu and Muslim troops had worked together for the common goal of the defence of India and thought that this would be a possibility into the future. But the reality, of course, was that uh, the uh, priorities of uh, a future independent India would not be set by uh, the British, they would be set by a new uh, Congress government, uh, one led by Nehru, who had at least uh, sympathies towards the Soviet Union, if not even the overtures of the possibility of some kind of uh, alliance or um, understanding between the two powers. 
This again would take the army of India out of its traditional imperial role of imperial, or in this case, commonwealth defence. All of this made uh, the possibility of a new state of Pakistan more enticing to the British government, and when Churchill was defeated in the 1945 general election and replaced by a Labour government, there was no uh, particular change in these sorts of enthusiasms. It's a real mistake to think of the Labour government of 1945 as being the the kind of socialist administration uh, that would uh, have um, been enthusiastic about decolonisation. Far from it. By 1947-1948, Plans were being drawn up for the uh, remaining remainder of the empire, uh, particularly Malaya, to um, develop uh, them in uh, ways in which um, had been last conceived of under the uh, era of Joseph Chamberlain. Um, that there would be a, a substantial uh, investment in empire and a uh, hopefully a kind of development of um, new uh, infrastructure and new industry in the remainder of the empire, which would eventually create wealth for the empire, and particularly. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. For a cash-strapped post-war Britain. In Narendra Singh uh, Sarila's book, uh, the Sh- In the Shadow of the Great Game, he writes... By early 1947, the British chiefs of staff had become enthusiastic proponents of Pakistan uh, that would cooperate with Britain in military matters. On the 12th of May 1947, General Leslie Hollis wrote to Prime Minister Clement Attlee highlighting the views of the chiefs of staff who wanted to, in inverted commas, deal with Western India, first of all, from the strategic point of view there are overwhelming arguments in favour of a Western Pakistan 
remaining in the Commonwealth, maintaining defence ties with Britain. He uh, makes the following points to buttress his views. Firstly, we should obtain important strategic facilities such as the port of Karachi and air bases in northwest India and the support of Muslim manpower. Secondly, we should be able to ensure the continued independence and integrity of Afghanistan. That was a, a key concern uh, about um, the integrity of Afghanistan uh, owing to the possibility of it becoming a Soviet satellite, as it later does. Point three, we should increase our prestige and improve our position throughout the Muslim world and demonstrate the assistance Pakistan would receive the advantages of links with the British Commonwealth. Our link with Pakistan might have a stabilising effect on India as a whole, since an attack by Hindustan, which I presume was the term that was going to be used uh, to describe a future Indian state, on Pakistan would also involve Hindustan in a war not with Pakistan alone, but also with the British Commonwealth. The position on five. The position on the frontier might uh, well might become more settled since relations between the, the tribes and Pakistan would be easier than they could be with a united India. So there were lots and lots of reasons, lots and lots of strategic reasons, why the British would want to create a separate Muslim state uh, out of the uh, Indian Empire and for it to um, help serve Britain's wider strategic purposes. It's interesting when you look at the language about um, uh, talking about the British Commonwealth, um, the post-war realities of the Cold War, um, of two new superpowers um, and very little um, of anything kind of robust existing in between, had at this point not really become uh, abundantly clear. The idea of a Commonwealth as a kind of a global polity um, and a particularly kind of robust one uh, that would um, come to the defence, sort of like a minor United Nations, if you will, or a minor League of Nations would come to each other's defence if threatened. That was uh, quite a um, powerful and ultimately illusory idea in the minds of the, the British establishment, one which um, doesn't really um, manifest itself in anything other than the kind of like a, a, the grandiose club that it essentially becomes. Uh, General Hollis went, uh, went on to say, Quite apart from the positive arguments in favour of this course, we would draw your attention to the sorry results of refusing an application by Mr Jinnah, which would, in effect amount to ejecting a, uh, a numerous loyal people from the Commonwealth. We should probably have lost all chance of ever getting strategic facilities anywhere in India. We should have shattered our reputation in the rest of the Muslim world and could not look for the continued cooperation of Middle Eastern countries. From the military point of view, such results would be extremely bad. So Hollis is saying, really, well, India's kind of lost anyway. And so if we don't help for the establishment of a state of Pakistan and we don't uh, listen to what Muhammad Ali Jinnah has to say then we will lose our reputation across the Muslim world um, we will be in danger 
of losing any sort of influence in, in India and will make a huge mistake. Now, one of the great ironies was that the, um, the Muslim population in India, obviously, are not a homogenous block. They are scattered across uh, Indian uh, states, and there are states where there are Muslim majorities and states where there are minorities. In the states where there are Muslim majorities, life for um, Muslim people in the state was relatively stable and the, the threat of ethnic violence relatively low. Uh, and therefore, the desire for partition, again, is relatively low. When people generally don't feel they're going to be murdered by their neighbours, they tend to be less inclined to uh, do anything about it. The states where there was a low percentage of um, Muslim people, where they were in a minority, the desire for, desire for partition, for protection, is relatively high. And so the, uh, the, the Muslim population in, uh, in India was by no means unified behind the idea of partition. And it was often those in the, the best circumstances that wanted the least change, which I suppose would make sense. And the way in which British generals and uh, mandarins speak about um, the Muslim peoples of the Middle East and the Muslim peoples of India, again, this is smacks of this typical European kind of Orientalism. Um, you know, they're all the same. We can, by helping uh, the partition in India, we can gain a great deal of favour with people in Saudi Arabia or in Jordan, or Syria, or Iraq, or wherever. Whether that was possible, whether the peoples of the Middle East were paying a great deal of attention to the partition, I don't know. But it seems um, quite a, a bold aspiration. But the other group that the British were hoping to appeal to was, of course, the United States of America. Um, American diplomats in India were courted by British governors and Americans uh, in London and Brits in Washington uh, spoke of the need to use Pakistan as part of the kind of cordon sanitaire around the uh, Soviet Union. Uh, and later, when uh, post-partition, post-independence, post-partition, uh, Pakistan does indeed become a very useful uh, American asset, um, one of the CENTO powers, or the uh, Central Treaty Organization powers, along with uh, Persia, Iraq, um, and a variety of, of other uh, states, such as, as Turkey, that managed to kind of prevent Soviet advance southwards. The uh, as the, the kind of the central and Middle Eastern counterpart to NATO, if, if you will. The interests of the British are switched from India economically. Um, India had previously been a reasonable source of Britain's cotton in the 19th century, though uh, the southern states of America by the 1830s uh, and 1840s were the world's biggest producer and continued to be so for the uh, rest of the century. The um, India also represented a large market for British goods, but really in economic terms, after the Second World War, 
the um, centre of uh, imperial interests uh, shifts westwards from India to uh, the Middle East. And it was there that the, the British really saw their interests lying. And they thought that there was every chance of Soviet penetration into the Middle East and the possibility of the loss of the Suez Canal um, and the uh, loss of Middle Eastern oil fields. One of the motivating reasons for the attack on the uh, seizure of the Suez Canal, the, the attack on Egypt in 1956, was the fear that uh, Colonel Nasser, uh, the president of Egypt, was uh, about to turn the canal over to the care of the Soviet Union. Whether or not in reality this would have happened is unclear, but, um, but um, NASA was indeed uh, a rather eager Soviet client. As one uh, old intelligence hand at the end of the Second World War put it, the strategic movements of the Allies in Iraq and Persia in the Second World War were made possible from the Indian base. The importance of the Gulf grows greater, not less, as the need for fuel expands. The world contracts and the shadows lengthen from the north, meaning the Soviet Union. Its stability can be assured only by the close accord between the states which surround this Muslim lake and an accord underwritten by the great powers whose interests are engaged. Now, of course, the partition is caused by many things, and it's uh, foolish of us to simply uh, don our tinfoil hats and suggest that uh, it is simply the, the machinations of uh, men in uh, smoke-filled rooms. But for our purposes, the men in these smoke-filled rooms, um, Churchill, uh, Wavell, and people like them, have written down in their diaries and in official documentation and reports precisely what they intended. So we are, we're not re going into the realm of conspiracy theory here uh, by any stretch of the imagination, but we must remember that um, the, uh, the horrors of the partition are kind of a social history as well, and that uh, the, the history kind of rises from below more often than it is manipulated from the top. So what we'll try to do um, through, uh, as we go on through the, the podcast over the next, probably the next year or two now, is revisit the partition as often as we possibly can do and, and look at various different angles of this, this great and tragic phenomena, uh, of which this is an important one, but only, uh, only just an aspect of it. Anyway, so I'll finish there. Now, swing by the Facebook page uh, if you can. I'm doing a lot of Facebook Live stuff there this week, um, particularly for students, and um, you can catch us there uh, at any time. Um, some great conversations happening, some really interesting stuff, um, and I'll catch you on the next Explaining History podcast. All the best. Bye-bye. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. 
Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.